0: Okay. Good evening, everyone. My name is Dan, and I'm a grateful, compulsive eater. Uh, I've been rescued from a seemingly hopeless condition of body and mind uh, by this OA program, the 12 steps and uh, the the tools that we use. And uh, I'm abstinent, and it's a miracle that I'm abstinent. And uh, that's what they told me when I came in. They said, don't quit before the miracle happens. Uh my abstinence is three moderate meals a day with nothing in between uh but life. And uh my top weight uh was pretty high. Uh, I I'd wanna get into competitive competitive weight here tonight, but it, it was pretty high and my weight today is somewhere between one hundred sixty five and one hundred and seventy pounds. I'm uh five foot eleven. I'm in a thin normal size body for my weight. And it's a miracle. And it's due to this program and a higher power that's doing for me what I cannot do for myself. Uh, I'd like to add uh, that uh, to avoid any ego feeding propositions, any success that I'm having staying having staying abstinent today is due to a higher power working in my life and not really anything that I'm doing uh my topic uh for my talk tonight is relapse is not inevitable and it's taken from our voices of recovery july 31st reading uh which you know maybe i'm kind of jumping ahead here but but why not you know that's that's what a lot of us do in programs uh that have been in for years we know that we need to be proactive we need to get into action and uh and so my message tonight is that relapse is not inevitable. It is not inevitable, uh, that, that we can, uh, stay in recovery, but recovery requires real work. And it did, it has for me, uh, I know today that recovery is all about willingness and sacrifice. <clears throat> really, it all starts with willingness, uh, and there's the old story of, I can't pull, uh, today's load with yesterday's horse, and I get up in the morning and I let God know that I need his help, Uh, and I let him know that my life is unmanageable and that I need him to direct my thinking, and um, and that's where I start. Uh, So I'm here to uh, tell what I used to be like, what happened, and what I'm like now, and what i'm what I used to be like um i'm my i i believe you know there there may be six to eight different kinds of compulsible readers, and i think i'm i think I'm probably every single one of them uh that's my story in a nutshell um I believe I was a compulsible reader uh from my childhood uh at some point uh into my teens and uh early adulthood. I uh, picked up other substances and things and uh, achieved what I thought was kind of a little bit of a normal life. Uh, But eventually, uh, I spiraled out of control. Uh, I eventually uh, came into the 12-step rooms uh, some years before I came into OA in the 1980s. Um, I had already been in – the only thing I knew about before I came into OA was uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, that was the program that i was in and um one night in the 1980s i uh, as i did every night i'd eat myself to sleep and one night one morning i woke up and i realized that i'd almost choked it up and i did something that i never did before i got down on my knees in the kitchen (laughs) actually in front of the refrigerator And I said, God, please help me. And as I uh, was kneeling there in the quiet, a thought popped into my head. And the thought that I had was go to a meeting. And I thought, you know, that makes sense. I can go to an AA meeting. And at the very least, it'll calm me down. I'll be with friends and I can have some coffee. I quickly dressed and I drove down to the Alano Club and went through the front door, walked down the steps, and walked into the big fluorescent lit room. And everything was set up and everything, and there wasn't anyone there. And I thought, wow, this is odd. But then as I looked across the room, there was a door that was open on the other side of the room. And as many times as I'd been there for meetings, that that door had never been opened and i noticed there was a light on in that room so i kind of gravitated toward that door i walked across the room and walked through that doorway into the room and walked in and there were some tables off to the right side underneath some windows and there was a, a lady sitting there and i i walked past her and as i walked past her she said away And, you know, my ears were ringing a little bit. I'd been to a little bit of a a dance party the night before. And, uh, you know, the noise, my ears were still ringing. Anyhow, what I thought she said was, go away. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say it out loud. I'm thinking, gee, I wonder why she's telling me to go away. You know, I already feel terrible. Uh, So I turned around and I. I said what did you say and the nice lady smiled and looked at me and she said uh she said away and i said what's away and she said uh we're having a meeting here for people that are having a problem with food oh really uh wow can i stay for the meeting and she smiled and said sure so i had a seat And uh, the room started filling up uh, with all of uh, my new friends, Uh, uh, people in normal, thin-sized bodies, smiling, exuberant, uh, just, wow, wonderful people. Uh, I started having conversations with these people. But hey, you know, I'm getting getting ahead of myself. Uh, I really, I just felt good. Uh, And I started going to meetings, uh, I think, every day uh eventually i was at a meeting uh where i heard our invitation to you and i got really quiet that night when i heard that i i'd never heard anything so profound that that actually described me and there was another uh reading that they had that night too and it was called uh just for today where that one where it goes just for today i will live you know through this 12 hours only and i i I remember just sitting there, riveted, like, "Wow, you know, where where have you guys been hiding my life all my life?" Well, I'd like to say that I had the willingness right there, but I didn't. It took me a long time uh, of praying and meditating and and pretty much just asking for help. And one night, I went to a meeting, and a guy gave a talk. And after he gave a talk, I did something I never again I never did before. I I walked up to this guy, and I said. I need help can you help me and he smiled and he said sure that i can i can help you he said come back in a little while he was talking with some people so i came back in a little while and he grabbed a piece of paper and he he wrote out a little simple little food plan and i and i said good good i i said i i need help i don't know what to eat you know and um i really had to swallow my pride uh there um I had to say that I didn't know how to do this, but once I did that, that was what opened the door for me. Uh, the next morning, uh, he said, "Give me a call tomorrow morning." So I gave him a call the next morning, and I touch base with him on uh, my food plan for the day, and, and that was the beginning. And it was the beginning of a new life, and it was just wonderful. Um, around that time, there was a there was a guy that used to come to the meetings and he would sometimes come into the meetings with uh, food stuck on his on his clothing and his uh, face and I uh, I, this guy was remarkable Uh, he uh, this guy became my mentor really Uh, uh, when he would share he'd say that he was uh, eating all the way up to the meeting and he would probably eat after he left but but coming to the meeting for an hour afforded him an hour out of the day where he wouldn't be doing that. And, and everybody gave him a hug after the meeting and said, keep coming back, you know, just like they did with me. And I got to tell you, that guy went on to have one of the most miraculous recoveries I'd ever seen. That guy actually went on to become my mentor. I want to be careful how I say this because we don't put anybody up on a pedestal. Um about a month ago, uh, I was having a conversation with my sponsor that I've had for quite a few years now, and uh, I, I was starting to feel like, you know, I needed some change in my program. Uh, some of you that know my story know that I've been here many, many years, like you have too, and uh, and I've been abstinent too for, for many years, but it's it's one day at a time. It always is. it and that's what I need to remember. And I also need to remember, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I got into uh, one of these conversations with my sponsor uh, about a month ago. I, I could feel it maybe boiling up inside of me, or, or whatever. I, but but I had a conversation with him one day where I said, you know, I I think uh, you know we should go our separate ways here pretty soon. And he pretty much told me that he said that if I if I left him that uh, relapse would be inevitable for me. He pretty much said that. And when he said that, I knew that that was not true. Even though he didn't say it like that, I, I knew it was not true. My abstinence is totally dependent on my relationship with my higher power, not any people, person, or thing. So what I did was I prayed about it and I actually texted him a message and I, uh, it was a long letter, a long message. And I, and I thanked him for his guidance, all these many, many years and thanked him for, you know, several years ago when my wife uh, had a massive stroke and in, in a hospital one evening and almost died. And I woke up the next morning and I committed my food to him. I gave him my action plan, and I had a plan for the day, and I had a higher power that was going to take care of me, my protection and care. I asked for his protection and care with complete abandon, and he took care of me, and there was that was a hard time for me it happened uh, during a lockdown my wife was in the hospital uh it was crazy i uh and i stayed abstinent uh my higher power kept me abstinent and i had to break some bad habits you know when i came in uh to the to the program you know i you know grocery stores you know heading by different restaurants and you know, I that stuff was still around when all of that happened with uh, uh, with uh, my wife when she had that stroke. But but I had my higher power, you know, and I just kept checking in with them. There's a there's a book that that was written thousands of years ago, and and the very first words in it are "In the beginning, God." And uh, that's when that's how my days go good when I can remember in the beginning God just those four simple words. Now what happens to me on some days is I I get into four little words that are on page sixty one in the big book, second paragraph in the second line, and those four words are he begins to think. And whenever that happens to me, uh, I become unhappy. And so I'm a lot better if I remember those, those first four words out of that book from many years ago that went, In the beginning, God. And that's where I was brought today when I was uh, given uh, short notice. Uh, I remembered those four words, In the beginning, God. I remember thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say tonight. And then I remembered, yeah, I can just show up and I can say a little prayer before I get on the meeting. meeting and I can say, God, what would success look like in this situation? And I think we all know the answer to that because we've learned it in a way. We've learned that, that success is just showing up. That's all I had to do. I had to show up. Just like all of you, you showed up too, and and we're all here and and we're in a safe place. Uh, We have our higher power. Uh, My wife had a a little bit of a a mini uh, seizure this morning, but I was able to get through it. I was able to get through it with my wife. I was able to calm her and get her to a quiet place. And calm. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, and so I, I calmed her down, and and she got through it. And and one of the lessons that I've learned in recovery and in life in general is that nothing really happens in this life or in this world unless we're calm. Uh, and that's one of the greatest gifts that I've received in a way, is a calmness and a serenity that uh, is just beyond my wildest dreams. It's a gift from my higher power. It's a gift from all of you, and it's a gift from this program. Um, I'm I'm really uh, grateful uh, to able to tell you my story today i i get up and i ask for help i i uh i take uh frequent inventories i do frequent uh fourth and fifth steps i try to help others when i can i try to do service work i try to be, be the timer on meetings because i know that no one wants to be the timer and um uh, And someone told me once, they said, if you're going to make it, you're going to have to do things you just don't want to do. They were right. I'd like to end with the lyrics from a little uh, old uh, Jimmy Durante song that I usually say. and, And it's called Make Someone Happy. And it goes like this. It's so important to make someone happy. Make just one someone happy. Make just one heart to heart you. You sing to. One smile that cheers you, one face that lights when it's near you, one girl, you're everything, too. Fame, if you win it, comes and goes in a minute. What is the real stuff in life to cling to? Well, I'm going to tell you. Love is the answer. Someone to love is the answer. Once you've found her, build your world around her. Make someone happy. Make just one someone happy and maybe, just maybe, you'll be happy too. Thank you. My Dan, My name is Dan and I'm a grateful uh, compulsive eater from uh, Michigan and something good is gonna happen today. Uh, thanks for letting me share and I'll pass with that.